0: Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Check Engine Podcast. My name is Nick. Along with me, as per usual, my two partners in crime, Andrew and Tristan, are here. And uh, you are listening to the only podcast produced by three winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award and also the only podcast with a logo that can be found on a Mercedes-AMG GT4 fielded by Murillo Racing.
1: Woo I actually Woo-woo. haven't checked to see if they took it off yet. I feel a little
0: guilty. I haven't watched any of the races since. I don't they want haven't it. had I, one yet.
1: Oh, okay, good. Not, Not until know.
0: Watkins Glen at the other end. I don't oh, want wow, to know. wow, is it really
1: all the way to Watkins?
0: Yeah. Because it's Le Mans now. Everyone's overseas. Right, right. That's it. We gotta watch. We gotta watch Watkins and see if it's still there. We're watching you, Murillo. We're watching you. Thanks again <laughs> for the bump. We appreciate yeah. it. Um. So. As you may have just judged by that last 15 seconds, we're not a professional podcast by any stretch. Um, We're just three guys who love talking about cars. Um, The conversations that you're hearing us have, like the one we're about to have here, we've already discussed it in basements or garages or racetracks or bars or the like. And uh, we want to discuss them with you. So um, if you like us, even if you don't like us, share us because you might know someone who would um but you can find us at checkenginepodcast.com that'll be your home base um can give you information about us how to contact us including all of the socials facebook instagram and twitter um also where it'll give you links to everywhere we're being streamed um we just picked up we got picked up by another streaming service here in the past week which is cool um thank you to castbox for streaming us we appreciate that um Anchor.fm/slash Check Engine Podcast is the home base for all this streaming, though. Of course, um, guys, it's been a minute. It feels good
2: to be back in the seat. Yeah, we were burning through our uh, back stock trying to get more <laughs> current. Everybody had things going on, so uh, just kind of getting everything up to date and hoping to get podcasts to you on a more up to date basis. Where we're not doing some older content.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, we're back in the seat. But it's a different seat. We're actually recording from a different location tonight, so a little getting used to. <laughs>
2: On location at my humble abode. We'll see how this goes. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll see how it goes. The, you know, sound check sounded pretty decent, so we'll see yep. what happens.
1: Sounded nice, yeah. But it does feel like, has it been a month? It feels like it's been a month.
2: Almost. Oh, my, darn near. Yep, because we recorded when we got back. From mid-Ohio. From mid-Ohio, right. which was the, what, the 9th or 10th? Yeah, yeah. the second so, weekend of May, technically. Yeah, so and Almost then, a month.
0: One or two of us, were go- I was gone two weeks in a row, so my bad. Um, but okay. yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a while, fellas. Welcome okay, back. Boy, boys, we're back. We're back. <laughs> we are back, and tonight we are talking about what, Andrew?
1: We're going to talk about um, Nicola and we're going to talk about Elon, and we're going to talk, talk about Jeff
0: Keith, too. Ooh. I I like the way you spun that. Is that a common theme? Oh, yeah. Does anyone else? Okay. I I like the way you spun that. We're
1: going to talk about Tesla because they are the literal elephant in the automotive room at the moment. If you follow car news at all, or even just the regular news, you will be party to anything that Tesla does at any moment and
2: um <laughs> even if you're living under an actual rock th- yes. you probably have still caught some of this they're
0: like the kardashians of car companies they,
2: oh that's i really like that i really really
0: like
1: that yeah Hard dash. Nope, nope. Ooh. No. Oh. Nope, oh, nope, nope. That was
0: close nope. to a stop and hold. He, <laughs> he saved himself. Me. He almost got me. He <laughs> saved himself. He <laughs> uh, no, checked I, himself. I, s- today.
2: I see you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're watching intently. <laughs> Tristan, you better watch yourself, too. It's much easier for me in this layout to reach it is. the, reach the it sound. Is. I can, be, so. I can <laughs> be muted much more easily. Yeah, you're not on the other side of the room this time, so watch out. <laughs> um, before we get into the tesla um portion of the episode we have pay
2: slaps we want to warm up with here absolutely okay uh, one uh <laughs> i definitely want to open this round with okay. something i actually texted andrew about earlier in the day yesterday um and then uh on your way home Uh, You discussed with us the uh, situation at the Detroit GP.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Something happened there that was unusual. What was it?
2: Well, uh, it was rather unusual because generally in situations where men are... Showing off their cars uh, to other people who own cars, at, like at a Cars and Coffee, it's it's the man in a Mustang that leaves the parking lot, loops it, and shoves it into a tree.
1: Or slaughters the innocents. Yes. Right.
2: In, in this in this case, it was in fact a man in the Corvette. However, <laughs> not just any man in a Corvette. Nick, who was it? It was I don't I forget
0: his name, but it was in a, a high level executive from General Motors. A VP a VP, a VP of product development. Yes.
1: For Corvette
0: and it wasn't just any Corvette, it was the pace car for the IndyCar race. Yes, it was. The VP wrecked the pace car less than two turns out of the pits. The ZR1, right into the oh, wall. yeah, $120,000 ZR1. Yeah, the top tier, the, yeah. the ultimate. And GM really jumped out and said, blaming weather and track conditions too. It like, was there's, dry, it was dry and it uh, was sunny.
1: It was, <laughs> nice. it was the nicest day we've had this year. Maybe
2: that, maybe the sun got him in the eyes. I, I don't, don't know. know. Um. At least the repair <laughs> bill is due to the company that made it. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Do you think you got the insurance policy? I don't know. Is that how that works? But, Do uh, you
2: insure demo cars? We'll have to ask somebody. Wow.
1: But yeah. Or well see, it's actually a pace car, so is that just owned by
0: Chevy and Brockford? That to the track was the, the question. Purpose, it or... Was that
2: Chevy owned or is that Bell Isle's car? Ah. No, that was
0: probably I'm gonna say that was Chevy owned. Okay. I'm gonna st- it probably was. That, yeah, that's Chevy Young. That, it's funny if you watch the video; like, none of the actual race drivers, like, they will just stop. They have no idea what to do. <laughs> they
2: very, they very carefully pick their way we around their way through all the debris, around shreds of ZR1 laying in the racetrack. <laughs> race was delayed for a half an hour while they cleaned wow. that up. Oh my! Yeah. So that that's my pacelet that I wanted to pounce <sighs> on immediately because that I was, was the
0: best thing we've posted on our social. Uh, yeah, it was there. very entertaining. That was the best <laughs> yeah. thing we've done. Um, I'll piggyback off of that. A little more serious note, um, at the Detroit Grand Prix was a doubleheader. So they had a full qualifying and race program on Saturday, full qualifying and race program on Sunday. Um, A while back, I did a a fanboy blog about one Mr. Scott Dixon. Yeah. And I said that, you know, he was fourth on the all-time wins list. He was one behind Michael Andretti for tying for third all-time. Mm-hmm. Well, as of Saturday in Detroit, he is now firmly planted in third place along oh, with Michael yeah. Andretti. He got another <laughs> win. So.
1: And also, he got third at Indy. I mean, we can't just gloss over that. He got he, third at Indy he got this third, year,
0: too. Yeah. And what else did I mention in that podcast? Um, that he was really good at saving fuel.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That Indian... The last stint at Indianapolis, he went 40 laps when the normal stint at Indianapolis is 30 to 32. Wow. He so made eight. He made eight laps of fuel... And went from ninth uh, in to about third. Yeah. He was running ninth or tenth the entire time, and he outstrategized him to get a podium. Crazy! And the race before that, he started eighteenth because they missed the setup in qualifying, and he finished second. It's like so it's he's, like, that's he's like on some, a tear right now. Yeah.
2: That's like some of those races, um, maybe five or six years ago at Le Mans, where teams decided they could start like triple and quadruple stinting tires. Yeah, and it was a huge deal. It's Absolutely. like, oh wow, we can do this. I think, I wonder if we see more people trying to train their drivers to save fuel based on what I can do. I right. think
1: they have, honestly. I mean, you know, Scott Dixon's been doing it for a minute, like you said in your blog. I just don't think people have the feel for it that he does.
0: No, but yeah, that's, I didn't want to spend too much time on it. Just wanted to say he tied Michael. Congratulations. Mario is now squarely in his sights. Nine <laughs> wins, nine, 11 wins, 53 to 42, so He's got 11 more to go. He's tie for second on the all-time wins list. And at 37, you got to say probably at least minimum three competitive years left before sure. you really yeah. start thinking about Plus, he runs for Ganassi, which is one of the top teams. Always gives him good equipment. So um, very feasible. So good job, Scott. Way to make me look good That's for great. writing that block. <laughs> make <Thanks>. him look <laughs> smart. <laughs> Thanks for
1: doing me a solid. Anybody else with a pace lap? Um, I, do have, I have one. It's more of an update. Um, a neat car update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A neat car update. Uh, what was it? Maybe episode two or three. I told you guys a story about an Audi that passed me in traffic that was on fire. Yeah. I saw it again. It lives? I saw the car. Here's how, I, well, I, I know it's the same one because it was, you know, a, a white A6 of that B6 body style. Very, you know, it's distinct. And it was burned on the bottom? Actually, yeah. <laughs> light, 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 lightly <laughs> charred. Yes. And they, t- they had taken off the runner plates at the bottom uh, on both sides of the car. And you could see the um, burns on the doors. And it sounded so awful. Could, <laughs> I was, I was um, going down the side street while my wife and I were, we were looking at a house just in a random location in the, in the city near us. And you just hear this like, the hell is that noise? And then this car comes down the block, and I was like, oh, my God, a burning Audi? Um, I guess good for that guy, right?
0: I kept it it's running? still running-ish. Good for Audi, I guess. They have really durable cars.
1: <laughs> How? I, I mean, I, I really want to know more about what was on fire um, now. I,
0: I, I saw a, well, I got two for neat cars. I actually saw in that Papaya McLaren Orange, Ooh. I saw a 650S. At Indy? No. um, About five minutes from where I work in a <laughs> parking lot of a Chinese restaurant.
1: Uh, Everybody loves Chinese food. Yeah, no, I definitely could have guessed that one. Uh, yeah, everyone's you're, seen the McLaren in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You're,
0: never, you're never too rich for Chinese takeout.
1: Wow, that's impressive. you got to go to that place. I mean,
0: if you're into Chinese, that's probably the place to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go sit there and wait for him yeah. <laughs> well, With, with a cup that, of rice and orange chicken just waiting really for food. him to come back. Um, And then I also saw a... This isn't... That's it was just interesting. It's um, remember a GMC Jimmy, yeah, A little SUV before like the Trailblazer and stuff. It was a um,
1: a rebadged Blazer, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, Jimmy? first first generation, second
0: Blazer. Yeah. So it was a GMC Jimmy, but really big. In the right rear window, there was a Volkswagen logo sticker. Hmm. My first thought was, hmm, a winter beater for Tristan and his dad. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: that's about to make it German,
1: however possible. What <laughs> makes it? It would make me wonder if it could be one of those really weird things where something about it was engineered by or shared with Volkswagen. I don't think so. No, no, this guy just
0: put the sticker on there. It didn't come. Well,
1: you know, you never know. It could be one of those things, like the um the secret Toyotas that Chevy sold for a couple of years. The um what the Geo? What was the Geo Metro? No, no, not the, the Metro. Prisms? The, the Prisms. The Prisms, yeah. The Geo Prism was a Toyota Corolla. And basically the best car shave you ever made, but they didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fair
0: not enough. uncommon for them. <laughs> All right. So, on that note, let's try to, unless anyone else has anything else, let's dive into uh, <laughs> what, we're, what we're here to talk about. And yeah. uh, Andrew, um, just, just set the table for us here.
1: Well,. The three of us have opinions.
2: That's why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. In fact.
1: (laughs) More specifically, all three of us have opinions about Tesla. And those opinions that we all hate Tesla.
2: So really, we all three of us have an opinion about Tesla. Have an opinion. (laughs) The the same opinion. opinion.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's kind of really where this started. Because none of us really like Tesla. And they are, for better or for worse, the most visible... And possibly the most successful electric car manufacturers on the planet right now. So empty market, but yeah, true. True enough. Empty your market, but they are the brand that everyone's currently chasing. So they're at least market leaders in that sense.
2: Yes, especially in market share. I mean, I think you know GM with the Chevy Bolt, considering that it got a better review than the Model 3, and people who are you know in the tech know-how say they're tired of tesla and you know steve wozniak huge tesla person his is a chevy bolt i don't th- i don't well, you're, think you're getting, you know, you're getting ahead of it yeah so, so you know it. i don't think i don't think you know everybody chasing tesla i don't think is a story anymore
1: i don't think so, it is but it is the objective reality yeah. the
2: cars go the
1: farthest they perform the best and they might even look the best so they they have a presence even people who don't like cars and know about cars. They know what Tesla is. Or they, sometimes a lot of them really love Tesla. They want a Tesla. So we have to, we have to talk about us. The three
2: of us. As you can see, I'm barely, I can barely restrain myself. I'm just blabbing on about it. I mean,
1: we kind of have to start at the beginning, which is the company itself. Right. And Tesla has this quirk as a company in that, their CEO is Donald Trump, but with more hair.
0: Well, better hair? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's more. <laughs> Donald's, it's got more. A, Donald's got quite a salad up top. It's, it's certainly
1: just... <laughs>
2: more evenly distributed. Yeah, <laughs> it is. it is. The
1: CEO of Tesla is a guy named Elon Musk, and that name is so recognizable. If you've heard it once, I'm sure you remember it. He is... Um... If you call him an eccentric, that makes piano
2: teachers look really bad, so... If you call him a visionary, it makes people like, you know, Henry Ford and other people like that look bad. He's kind of... Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, yeah.
1: He's kind of a jerk in public all the time. That's a very nice way to put it. And uh, recently, he's been having a very slow breakdown, (laughs) where um <laughs> kind of like his cars <laughs> well he's now started a news judging site or i don't know if he actually launched considering, it considering he's considering yeah. launching a site that will judge the uh veracity of various news articles uh, supposedly objectively but basically whenever anyone writes anything bad about his cars i mean anyone by making this if for some reason he hears us, he's coming after us he is that petty he, he, nice. He wants... I'm going to
2: email him the link to
1: the episode. <laughs> I'll tweet him. Um, <laughs> I kind of tweet mean stuff at Elon a, a bit, <laughs> but I has he ever to, responded? I try to not know. Oh, um, <laughs> but anyways, he's extremely petty and extremely defensive of his brand. Which you know what? Maybe that's kind of fair, but one of the things we have to do, one of the things the three of us have to start with, I think, is analyze a little bit whether or not. We really hate Tesla, or we really hate Elon Musk. And to what degree can you separate the two? Yeah.
2: My my initial answer, and I'm willing to investigate this, that's why we're going through the podcast, but my self-analysis, because this is something I spend a lot of time struggling with, as a person who really, you know, despite all of the bad things about him, thinks that Steve Jobs is very interesting, got a lot of things done. There's been a lot of comparisons between him and Elon Musk in the way he manages his company, things like that. So i spent a lot of time investigating why I tend to gravitate towards admiring Steve Jobs and just really not admiring Elon Musk. Quite the opposite. So I've spent a lot of time looking at it. And for me, I do not think that I hate Tesla the company. I think it's mostly about Elon Musk. But I think the issue is separating the two. Unless I'm willing to investigate it, we'll go from here. But that's my initial vote. We'll see if it changes, is I think they are, you know, inseparable. And I think I d I don't think Tesla would be what it is without him. Mm-hmm. And a lot but a lot of things the things I hate about it I think are be, because of that. Um
0: I, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. I it's not just Tesla. I think the idea of electric vehicles and I and I've mentioned on other podcasts that I'm kind of an old soul. I'm always one of the last holdovers for you know, new waves of tech, tech and all these other things. But it might not be the long-term future. But, you know, I can even embrace the fact that electric cars are going to be more prominent to some capacity in our future. And provided that the utility of the vehicle, the capabilities of the vehicle can be improved to where it's not a nuisance to try to do anything but drive to a supermarket, like, I, I would be okay with that. So I don't think I have any issue with Tesla, the company. It's just the way he is selling it and the way he is managing, quote, managing it um, is what really grinds my gear.
1: I think, I, I obviously agree. You have to consider both. But one thing that's kind of coming along with Elon's now month and a half of doing the fake news thing, which I think people get very tired of very quickly, is that he's starting to get people who are pushing back on him, shareholders who are pushing back on his CEO control of the company, because he's making the company look like an asshole. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When we talk about the consumer reports thing in a little bit, we'll go back into that. But first I just want to say, it's not hard to picture Tesla without Elon Musk. It's just unknown. You know what I mean? If yeah. if he was suddenly forced out, it's not like the company would disappear. It's not that their fan base would disappear. It's not that anyone would like them any less it's just
2: the same unknown it becomes the first great test of the people he has underneath him it's like when steve died yeah absolutely uh, i'm still you know still working for the company it's obviously still there Mm -hmm. so you know is it going and they're doing okay yep it's like is it going to dry up and go away or is it going to change it's an unknown until it happens so but but you're right it's not an inconceivable future where there is a tesla without Elon Musk.
1: So I think, you know, I think that's really the first thing. At this moment, I don't know that any of the three of us can separate him out of it, but for my part, I try to do my best to leave him out of my analysis of things that they do, with the notable exception of the fact that you have to address him, because he's always the one running around the internet screaming
0: that whatever bad thing was published is an actual lie. Is it possible, can we make this distinction? So... We don't mind Tesla, the company, or the technology, but we do mind, we do very much mind Musk. Absolutely. So, to that end, personally, as long as he is involved with the company, they're not getting a dime from me. Well, clearly. Because, it is, so, is it necessarily the company and the engineers and all the people doing the work's fault? No. They're doing relatively good work, but it's just because of that d-bag that you know there's a lot of people steering clear
1: yeah i I think we also need to talk just a little bit about electric nick you kind of talked about the technology in general but i think we i think we agree and probably tristan you agree with this too that none of us see this as the true future of cars because it can't
2: be at least not in this form I i think cars may be driven by electric motors in the future but there are so many other options as to how they store, receive, etc. cetera, their, their electricity. Um, I think that's really what we're going to see um, is changes to the other half of the electric car equation. It's going to be a car with electric motors, but it's not going to be a car with batteries. Right. And, and that's, that's really, yeah.
1: yeah, that's the key. You can't, I remember um, not so long ago, probably we were still in high school. When the concept of electric cars began to become sort of a cultural force, and it was always the argument that we're going to run out of oil, we're going to run out of oil, electric cars are the future. I mean, if we really want to talk about scarcity, let's talk about cobalt, which I think is mined in like two places in the whole world. Right. I mean it It can't continue that's just getting the stuff out of the ground, shipping it here, shipping it there. you know there is some uh, the the whole old top gear thing where it costs more to create a Prius than it does to keep your old car running is still true functionally, but the costs of actually creating lithium ion batteries have been reduced, and it is a more green process, but this this is not end stage. Greenery, greenery, greening. I don't know. <laughs> greenery. <laughs> this is this an end stage. Uh, Another strawberry. <laughs> Eco transformation for cars. Something has to come after this. And I think that, Nick, you're totally right in saying that this can be the technology that's used to supplement, that's used to transition us into something that actually can work in the long it's term. It's a
0: stopgap, is what it is.
1: Yeah. And
2: it's going to end a development platform. When you look at things like the motors, the any and all autonomous or driver aid technology design of cars that don't have internal combustion engines. You know, this is all thing. These are all things that the current electric cars can contribute to, while still being something where we just kind of pass through.
1: Actually, yeah. Don't let me forget that. We're we're gonna. Maybe we might as well do it now. Should we talk now a little bit about Tesla and their autonomous vehicle programs? Should we Should we do that now, or do you want to do that later? I'm
0: um, I'm good with I'm good with it now. Let's, let's yeah. go for yeah.
1: it. Well, another thing that Tesla's famous for, and this might be the thing that people actually know them for, if it's not the electricness of their cars. It's the fact that they uh, proclaim to have the only level five capable autonomous vehicle on the market. If you're curious as to what that means, it means nothing because level five autonomy is theoretical. Basically, autonomous cars are ranked on a scale from one to whatever. I think five might be the highest. I don't know. One is something like automatic braking, a system that only, that only, Uh, pops in when something's going wrong. And then it goes up to something like five, which can theoretically, giant air quotes, giant Empire State Building-sized air quotes, (laughs) drive itself. They can't. No car can drive itself. Yet. Yet. It's theoretical. Right. So the biggest problem with this is that when you go to Tesla's webpage... They say right on the, you know, Model 3, Model S, and Model X, uh, the only Level 5 autonomous capable vehicles on the planet. The problem with this is that they've named their AV suite Autopilot. The system famous for being able to automatically
0: pilot Pilot something.
1: (laughs) The issues here are fairly obvious. If it's not intentional false advertising, I think it probably is. It's close. It's at the very least slightly oh. negligent. And in fact, there is currently a lawsuit somewhere in the U.S. suing Tesla because they're calling system autopilot. And all it's doing is making people crash.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's bad, right? I mean, when when your system... You know, pe- people make bad decisions, but they make bad decisions... With the information given to them. I think right. I, I think, for example, one of the ones that I have had several contentious conversations about is the man watching a Harry Potter movie on the screen of his Model S while it crashes into a semi-truck. Um, right. He would never have made that decision had someone not told him that the car could pilot itself. The autopilot was a thing that drove the car on its own. Right you can give all the warnings you can make bad decisions but that would never have crossed his mind in a golf or something that didn't pilot itself right yeah you that know, you would you know that doesn't make any pretenses of piloting itself that decision would not have been made
1: here's, here's another perfect example um a person i think he's a music person
2: called zed heard of him zed no He's a, he's a music man. I'm not in with what the kids are listening to these days. He's a music man. A song and dance man. Oh, a song and dance man. Tin Pan Alley? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I understand that. Here's,
1: here's a tweet he sent out. This is so, so dumb. Zed. There's lots of quote-unquote bad news about Teslas with autopilot crashing. Just to show the other side, too. I once fell asleep driving home late at night on a highway with autopilot on and got woken up by a beeping and turning off music to wake me up. Would have probably been dead without it. So. This is the attitude that Tesla propagates intentionally that is so incredibly dangerous. Whether or not they tr- are trying to do this, they are perpetrating, the- <laughs> they're-, they're making people believe that they can do dumb shit, like drive when they're too tired, and not suffer any consequences for it. Right. That is a crash that could easily have killed someone else. I don't give a fuck about him. If you fall asleep and kill yourself on the road, hey, it could have been way worse because he could have killed someone else. Right.
0: Yep. Also, but, what about the person that you hit head on when you fall asleep? Exactly. Who was driving a Chevy Cobalt or a... Right. Like, so, I mean... That doesn't have the lane assist or the, or the warnings or something like that.
1: That's, that's really the most dangerous part of saying your vehicles are level five autonomous capable. People don't read that last word. And why would they? They it's don't. it's not like they say directly underneath in all caps. I mean, this vehicle cannot drive itself.
2: Andrew, I mean, you and I work supporting people who don't read. I
1: I know. <laughs> I mean, so
2: so I mean that's that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Is that yeah. No one, no one reads the terms and conditions. No one reads the warning message that pops up. Everybody just hits okay. Right. I don't even know what the warning message on my backup camera says. <laughs> like like when when i when i back up there's a warning underneath probably something about paying attention to my surroundings yes. i don't know what it says because i didn't read it either and I'm i don't think, think the
1: exact wording on mine but i don't know it i'll, yeah, I'll confess right? to not knowing so it.
2: something as simple as a backup camera comes with a warning i don't even read that and no one does And i think that's the right. problem with with any technology is you need to read and understand the technology that you are using because it is provided to you, but the person providing that technology is, to a greater or lesser extent, responsible for how you use it.
0: And it, it, it extends further than just, um, just the autonomous piece. Um, one of the major complaints in the Consumer Report, which we'll dig more into, is that because everything in the car is controlled on a centralized screen in the middle of the dashboard... It's taking one hand off the wheel and both eyes off the road to do anything. Right. Change a radio station, put cruise control on, adjust the mirrors. (laughs) And and all done with one hand off looking down at the center of your console instead of out the window, maybe out of your periphery with a thumb on each side of your steering wheel. Is it not of steering wheel controls? Not according to the report I read.
1: Well, it's probably stuff like... It probably doesn't have hardware switches to move the mirrors. It's probably that stuff that right now in your car... It's actually on your left hand, usually yeah. on like the door uh panel or you know on the arm and rest. to
2: sound like an old person, you know you mentioned I'm not on the cutting edge of you know dashboard technology. I have a touch screen that I occasionally use because I have to, but I can muscle memory, buttons and dials and switches, and yeah, yeah I, I can use those without taking my eyes off the road because I know the distance my hand has to travel. To get that button and back again, oh yeah, you know, The the touchscreen when... is
1: hideously distracting,
2: yeah, it just it just is, yeah,
1: I was uh, what was I doing? something dumb, poking around for a Spotify playlist on the Apple carplay thing. It's the same as looking at your actual phone in some ways, it just takes longer because stuff isn't where you're used to it being on the app. I mean, yeah, there's there's a problem fundamentally with the way tesla advertises their technology but i don't know that we can say it's purely their fault i think in my opinion it's irresponsible what they're doing and they're doing it fully aware of the fact that people are going to take what they say and just do stuff like use it as an excuse to drive worse
2: yeah right
1: yet they're not they dismiss that out of hand by, and now we can actually, we'll move forward a little bit. They dismiss that out of hand by either having Elon, or just Elon just does this on his own, go out and respond to every single news report on Tesla crashes by saying it's fake or the driver didn't read the instruction manual on autopilot. That's basically his purpose on Twitter. He just goes out and, well, he goes out and he leaks information that the, uh, Government has asked him not to because they're doing continuing investigation on a on a
2: fatality crash. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it is a something aside investigation at that yeah. point. A, a human being has died, and there's an investigation around that. You're not supposed to be going and leaking evidence from an ongoing investigation, and Tesla does it not once, all the time. They do it all the time, and yeah. you know again, I think. I don't know if we're going to, you know, we'll see as we get to the end. I'm worried that we may not have enough evidence to change our opinions one way or the other because we don't know if this is stuff that Elon is doing all on his own or he's being told to do right. or, you know, what have you. And so if he's, of, if he's being told to do this kind of stuff, if he does leave the company, it's not going to stop. Right. Someone else right. is going to do that. Someone else... And, that, and that's I think that... well
0: that's his team telling him to do it then and if they take over when he's done, the company's in no better shape. Right. If,
2: like the aides of the current president, they facepalm themselves and shake their heads every time he tweets something stupid, mm-hmm. then if he leaves, I think we'll see a very different Tesla. Um, right. It, you know, if it's being driven by the people behind the scenes, I think we're going to see the same old, same old. And I think... That's the differentiator that we can't know until he leaves, right? Because there's not enough transparency there, and that's where I think that you know, we may or may not get to an answer on that one. Um, I, don't, I
1: don't think so, but I just think, but, Occam's Razor: we have to assume with best intent that the stuff that he's saying he actually believes. That's we yeah, really don't definitely have that, option. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, he's his Twitter actions are getting the company in trouble because. The NTSHA, N-T-H-S-A. There you go. Thank you. Uh, has now kicked Tesla investigators off of multiple crashes. They're, my understanding of it is, and this is obviously very imperfect, when there's a major crash on a freeway or on a road, and it's investigated at the federal level for safety, for, you know, to see what actually happened manufacturers send representatives of their own to work alongside the government reps and local reps.
2: Yeah, and they serve as subject matter experts on the design of the cars. Right. And also as conduits back from the federal level to the company to say, yeah, something really bad happened with our car here. We have to fix this. Or, right. nope, it was just the guy hit a deer. Or whatever. You whatever know, was. And so they go in both ways. They bring information from the company to the investigation. And they bring information from the investigation back to the company.
1: Right. And they, so their job is multiple. But it's fairly straightforward in that the one thing they can't do, as we mentioned, is leak information about the crash before the conclusion is done. Because then... The investigation is useless. If you... It's that thing. If you study something, you change the result.
2: Uncertainty principle.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> if you certainly leak information, you've already ruined the results of, of that research. There's no point in even doing it. So the... Uh, I think it's the head of the uh, Highway Safety Advisory Board uh, called up Elon Musk and was like, Hey, stop. And Elon was like... No. 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 <laughs> Because apparently right. he's really petulant about it. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, yeah, and so <laughs> they just, you know, they kicked all the Tesla advisors off. And I don't, I don't know if they're still working with them. I don't know if they even invite them back at this point. But that's actually harming the
0: company. Right. Didn't yeah. Tesla actually hang up on the guy?
1: Yeah, he did. He hung up on him. Because yeah. he was saying, you have to stop doing this. You are breaking like the that. law. He didn't like that. No, I won't do it. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> that was that was an actual recording of the conversation <laughs> that we just obtained. By the way, <laughs> that's exactly how it went down. I mean, uh, what are you doing, Elon? What are you doing? He has such so a good insane. idea and such a grand vision, and it's just uh, uh, I I think this do, is. Do you want to get into? what you want to get into, the financials of the company? Do you want to get into? You know, just more the Model Three being backlogged and God. the. Like what promise that he didn't deliver? Do you want to discuss next? Oh
2: man, I. Um... I, mean, I think we can roll a lot of that all into one. We talk about can you separate Elon from the company? I I think as its current executive officer, he has a lot of oversight of production and financial stuff. Sure. Uh, so I think that's all on him. Um, when we talk about differentiating him from the company, I think we can roll all of that into just kind of management and financials. Yeah. And you know. <laughs> And, yeah, we're talking about a company that loses money hand over fist. They've put their factory back up as collateral how many times now? Three? Yeah, four? I think so. At least, at, least three. at least three. How much did they lose in that one quarter that you were talking one about? one quarter, they lost $700 million. La- was
1: that uh, the winter quarter of last year or was that first quarter of this
2: year? I don't have the date. I just have the quota. I think of it was first quarter loss. of this year. Yeah. $700 million in cash just out the window. But yet they're talking huge expansion into
0: China and they have all these grandiose ideas and there's they're still in full expansion mode when they don't have the capacity, the resources or the funding to handle what's right in front of them today.
2: Yeah, they don't have I mean they have an, an ultimate case of eyes bigger than their stomach where they've got a plate full of food that they can't even eat and they're reaching for the bowl. Like
1: here's something that I think is interesting kind of like a talk about managerial um expertise, my understanding is that a big part of that deficit was that initially Elon's plan was to have his factories run by robots so that they could run 24 hours a day. The notable problem with that is that those robots don't exist. You can't run a factory 24 hours a day, just robots. You can't do it. So as production has been needy has started to increase or at least needed to increase with the model three, uh, supposed to be like, you know, the every man's electric car. Oh, we'll get into that too. Right. As that need <laughs> demand has increased. I think that's the word they had to hire 40,000 people that, that, they, that requires money that they didn't account for in any way. Right. That's not an employee oversight. That's a different business model.
0: Yeah. Right. It's not even close. It's not, yeah, it's not close. And even if, even if the robot factories became a reality, you still need people there because someone needs to service the robots. Right. And something down to very, like they need their, their elbows greased when they're like, you right. know I mean? You still need people. Like you can't just not have people in a company.
1: So the end result of this, uh, th- this change kind of culminated in, I think sometime in mid-May, a... Um, jubilant tweet from elon saying that they they made i'm trying to remember the exact figure i think it was 35 model threes in a day so he said expanding that we're going to be making 256 a week no nope because that's not how production works (laughs) you don't run factories seven days a week because you actually can't you don't run them 24 hours a day because you
2: actually Actually can't it's just stupid math. And also, that's not, like, that's like me jubilantly tweeting out that I walked up the stairs. Like, <laughs> like most people's days consist of far more activity than walking up the stairs. Mm-hmm. The fact that you've done so is not a milestone. It is not impressive. It's, in fact, demoralizing that you consider that as your, your big deal of the day. Well, what
1: Tristan's talking about there is... is is. Twofold. The first thing is that Tesla uh can't produce the numbers of cars that they've There's, promised. They're supposed to. Their their big car that's supposed to really, you know, take this company um To the moon. To the moon. To the moon, I tell you Or just to launch a Tesla in space for no reason. Uh was the Model Three that's supposed to be the everyman's car, you can get it for thirty five thousand. Well, you, can't. you can give them thirty-five thousand dollars, you probably won't get a car. I just read something today, I think it was Auto Week, reported that 23% of all Model 3 pre-orders have been canceled, and Nick, you said they actually haven't even been fully refunded.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah, he lied about how much they've refunded so far.
1: I do know two people who actually pre-ordered them. Both have canceled at this point because they're like, in year two and a half of waiting, what's the point for them? They don't want a car at some point. They wanted a car. Now,
0: that's the yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> or soon. When, like I've been to dealerships before. I haven't like I I haven't bought one where it's like this, but I've been to like dealerships with my parents, or I've heard through family members or friends or whatever. Like, yeah, we want this car, but we had to order this and this and this. We're gonna get it in a week, or right. we're gonna get it in ten days, or whatever it is. Cool. You know, cars are a big thing. They take a while to make, especially if you're ordering custom things on them. But two and a half years? That's just not. It's not feasible. If you're putting, and you're happy that you're putting out 35 a day, even at 35 a day, you should be able to get a, get someone a car in two and a half years. <laughs>
1: right. Right. And so, uh, by the way, uh, I, we didn't mention this, uh, going off again, what Tristan said, these aren't, this isn't their whole range. They're producing one kind of this car. It's not the all wheel drive. It's not the fully extended range one. It's not this, it's not that. Yeah. They're just making the most basic versions of this car in very small numbers and celebrating that fact because they did anything.
0: Right. Because they did it.
1: That's, that's what I see on my side. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it is, I think that must be a little demoralizing, right?
0: Yeah. So. Well, well here's the thing, too. So, like, the Model 3 was heralded as, you know, this is going to be the every man's electric car. It's going to be low cost of entry. All that kind of stuff. $35,000. Yeah. For the base model. For sure. So, what if you don't want the base model? What if you want all-wheel drive what if you want um the extended life battery
1: I, yeah i don't know what the stock range is but i think it's still in the 200s like 260 or something maybe even less 260
0: miles um i the, think uh, i think the the, the upgrade one they're claiming 350 but we can also uh, no for the base model oh, for I, the I base is 260 ish something like that so it's 90 extra miles of range mm-hmm. 100 we'll say we'll round up we'll say 100 100 extra miles of range all-wheel drive And what I read as it literally said this nicer interior. (laughs) (laughs) What do they give you pallets in the base model? (laughs) How much how much is the upgrade? Just take a guess. From thirty five to what? At twenty five thousand. So from thirty five to sixty. Keep going. Sixty five? Keep going. Seventy. Keep going. Seventy five. A tiny little bit more. You got to keep going. (laughs) $78,000 for the upgraded model. So if you want all the stuff that they're talking about, you have to, it's not actually the everyman's car because you have to pay $78,000. So basically for $35,000, you get a frame and a nine volt Duracell. That's That's about it.
1: That's so bad.
0: It's, it, it, they avoided false advertising by the hair on their chinny chin chins. Like it is, (laughs) It is grotesque. Well, you also can't get the actual car. And you can't get uh, the car. It is just so bad how they're they're just playing everybody.
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the the big things, this, this fiasco. And at this point, you have to use that term. You can use that fairly. The fiasco of the Model 3 is ongoing. They still haven't produced the cars. They still haven't ramped up production, all that stuff. And like Tristan mentioned, they're trying now or saying they're going to do all this other stuff. They're going to build a roadster. It's going to be the fastest car in the world. They're going to build a truck. It's going to be all that good stuff. The the longest hauling truck in the world. They're going to this, they're going to that. They haven't any of that stuff. They haven't done a single thing. And what makes it so infuriating is that when you look at what they do produce, and this is, we're going to segue into talking about the reviews of the Model 3 and the breaking issues they've had. When they do produce something, it's not what they claim it to be, and it's not what anyone's expecting.
2: The entire company is just a a string of broken promises. Right right from the Model S. I mean, the Model S was quoted under Mm 90,000. Nope. Requoted at 92. And Mm -hmm. then... Finally released. That's I remember this. Finally released at ninety eight after strings of apologies and backpedaling from Musk himself. I mean, okay, we're gonna be by early twenty eighteen. We're we'll making ten thousand a week. They're making a thousand a week now. Yeah. So we may ever see those cars be made. I read you something
1: know, that that's what Volkswagen produces in like two hours it's or
2: in, some insane amount. It's in amount. significantly less than a day. Well, yeah. I mean, if we, it just to be
0: fair, they're also not a relative upstart company True. either. True. Yeah, so. but, if you, but if you look <laughs> at you know, at pump one, the brakes on that comparison one real quick.
2: I mean, there, there are patterns to make a car factory. Even newer car companies can say, okay, I'm going to follow standard labor and production line design policies and i should be able to as long as i can get my materials in place create even half as many cars as volkswagen which is multitudes more than tesla is making
1: look at hyundai they ramped up production of their when hyundai wants to they can ramp up production of any single car they want like the kona when that came out earlier in the year the dealership by us had two two in may they had 25
0: that's ramping up production. That's ramping up production. <laughs> is it... I don't have an exact number with me, but is it fair to say that Henry Ford in 1911 was rolling more cars off of his line than Tesla is in 2018?
2: In all honesty, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely look that <laughs> one up. We'll come back to that one. Yeah. We'll come back to that. But
1: um, So yeah, let's talk the Model 3. They got some models out. They're saying you know, they're ready for production. They're starting to do the whole... Uh, test this car for us thing, and something very curious happened when Consumer Reports tested it. Not my go-to for you know car reviews or anything like that, but they are a extremely respected name in general. Mm-hmm. Um, when Consumer Reports did their braking test, they discovered that their Model Three got a number that was extremely good <laughs> the first time. I think it was best in class by a wide margin, huge margin. But when they tested it the second time and the third time, it measured a distance longer than any they'd ever recorded, including with trucks. So they said, okay, error in methodology. They did it again the second day. Same result, but all of the braking tests were longer. They got a second Model 3. Same thing. It did the braking test well one time and badly every other time. So they reported this in their results and said, we do not recommend this car because Basically, it doesn't do what it says on the box.
0: And it doesn't stop.
1: Right. <laughs> Elon Musk flew into a rage. rage. An actual rage. He was, he, he, this is the thing that started this whole, I'm going to start my own news service. Thing. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He was absolutely furious about it. And, and um, Tesla said, I think within several hours of that Consumer Reports release, that they would have a fix for this. Well, they had a fix for this in a software update, which is fine. But the only issue I take with that is that Elon Musk said that this absolutely never happened. They never saw it. They never tested it. They never had this result ever. It it was unheard of. It's unheard of. They did something wrong. They should have, you know, like the road surface or this or that, the other thing. But the problem is, Consumer Reports is a very strict methodology, right? So, truthfully, Tesla did follow through on this very impressively. They fixed it in a subsequent patch. Consumer Reports reviewed it again. And they now recommend the car because it did what it said. Here's the sticking point for me. Working in IT, I know that you, this is not how troubleshooting works. (laughs) If you've never seen. Can confirm. Right. If you've (laughs) never seen a problem, if you've never experienced it, if you've never seen it in lab situations, if if you've never encountered it ever, you cannot fix a problem.
0: Oh, that's true. So if how, you've never seen it, how would you know to fix so it? So
1: how the hell did they fix it?
0: They
2: knew about it.
1: That's, That's exactly, the answer. I totally agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. And back to I know it's an aside. Quick, quick math. A little bit of calculator work over here. On average, seventeen and a half thousand Model Ts a week over the course of eleven years. Oh my God! They <laughs> from from nineteen thirteen to nineteen twenty four, they produced ten million Model Ts. He's getting there. You know, getting close aim for the stars buddy i guess well he already did that he put Uh, his car
0: to space anyway
1: but yeah i I mean tesla knew about this braking problem right they knew that anyone that's actually a really good point i've ever considered that that. that most of the other people who tested this car you know auto week um road and track what they do is they do a drag race one time they do a braking test one time they don't do it always. They you know they don't do it multiple times. They don't have the same methodology because they just they don't they care know. that much. Right. So I mean, how do you do this? How how as Tesla as a company, how could they have done this? I think, Tristan, you have to be right. They had to know.
2: Now now the upside and downside of Tesla is they run their company like a software business. So they do have armies of people writing code for software and firmware mm-hmm. that once an issue is discovered they can resolve it but usually with a software issue you can be like here's a vulnerability patch this vulnerability you get a bunch of an army of people behind keyboards that vulnerability is patched in less than a week mm-hmm. when you're looking at how does firmware control something like the braking distance on a vehicle you got to look at is it a hardware issue is with the brake pads or the regenerative system which system is controlling this issue you have to reproduce the issue on your own and go through all those kind of things and when you look at companies resolving hardware issues you know when you look at you know production level hardware issues those take months to track down And and then and then recalls are issued
1: Well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this, just we're a little more clear. The braking test we're talking about is a 60 to 0 braking test. We're measuring the distance that that takes. Um, From what I read, there was a lot of theorizing that it was an issue with the way the system would handle a brake reset after a very hard stop. I guess that's possible, and if they theorized that that was the problem, or otherwise knew that that was the problem and changed the way the brakes reset. You know, it could have been something that when they made it, they said, we're going to leave this setting this way. If we have problems, we know to go back on it. But that... In that case they still knew. They yeah. still knew that this was a breaking issue. That doesn't have absolve them of the f- which fact Which is another that they which knew. goes
2: back to my about how they run it as a software company. Mm-hmm. Software companies release stuff saying, eh, we'll zero day patch that, you know, we'll launch day patch a game with eight gigabytes of patches, no. you know, you know, no. you know, we'll drop a new version of iOS. We'll time we'll hours, drop yeah. a we'll drop a whole version of iOS and say, <laughs> Oh God, in two days we gotta fix this problem and we will patch it immediately after it comes out. Right. You know They run it like a software business, but sadly, you know, with a very few exceptions, patching software doesn't result in people dying in a fiery crash because their brakes don't work. Well, it's funny you mention that,
1: dying in a fiery crash, because Uh it's not like there isn't a precedent in the auto industry for a company to have done this. If we think back to the GM ignition scandal... They knew that there was a problem with the ignition system in those cars from the time the cobalt was tested, not even for production. By the time the test
2: mules were on the track, they knew there was a problem. Yep. And they didn't do anything. And that they calculated as the loss of those people was worth less than retooling that ignition switch. Exactly. Um, which is despicable. It's to despicable. Be clear. Yeah. And and Tesla did something that was by no means that bad. No, because they intended to at no cost to anyone patch it probably someday soon right you know so we got to be fair on that one and you know we're going to try to get to a conclusion here pretty soon i think um uh, already we we didn't uh, even know
1: if we'd have enough okay no that's fine um
2: but uh you know so i think we tend to ramble here a little especially when we get on just pure opinion you know this isn't a breakdown of top tens or anything else it's a discussion it's a round table and square table, but, you know. Um, anyway, and, uh, my point. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I think it's something that, no. Personally, my opinion of electric cars has changed over the years, but I think, despite this discussion, my opinion of Tesla has not changed in the least, um, and my opinion of Elon Musk has not changed in the least, although in certain ways I can see how they can be separated at least slightly more, but they've developed their own facets that I, I can't say I would care for either one. Yeah. Um, I, I I think I'll, I'll sum it
0: up this way. Um, he, Elon Musk is not, he's not a visionary. He is not admirable. What Elon Musk is, is a fantastic salesman who doesn't deliver on any of his promises. On anything he sells, and there's a word for them. There's a term to define salesmen who don't deliver
2: on promises, and that's con artist. Now, this is as far as Tesla goes. I mean, he had he had success previously, which is with PayPal, know, PayPal, and SpaceX. But Space, PayPal you know,
1: also doesn't really work like you think it should.
2: Well, no. We, 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 and again, separate <laughs> podcast. But but PayPal and SpaceX have created successful business models. In the case of PayPal, almost almost to the point where he didn't have a hand in it. It was right before he left that they changed. True. SpaceX he's still involved with, and SpaceX is doing great work. SpaceX is one of the only things related to Elon Musk that I appreciate at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would, given the opportunity, go work for SpaceX. I would not buy a Tesla, much less work at Tesla.
1: I think my biggest issue with Tesla, and, and we've kind of circled around it the whole podcast, is that they have, for a small startup company, a horrifying lack of transparency. And here's the thing. When you compare them against other Silicon Valley companies, they still have a horrifying lack of transparency. Right. And we're talking about some of the companies (laughs) who take aggregate data from everybody, like Google, and do, uh, with it. Here's the thing. (laughs) I mean, while we can talk about, you know, conspiracy theories, Tesla does take all data from all the Tesla cars all of the time. They take yes. every little piece of data and analyze it and on occasion, just for no reason, they'll release some of that to public. If you crash your Tesla, you bet they're using your personal data
2: yeah. immediately
1: to make yep. you look like an asshole, especially if you died.
2: And and if you guys think people get upset when Apple rolls out an update that you have to push the agree button to install, <laughs> think about how mad people are are getting when Tesla rolls out over the air software updates for people's Teslas that change the way they work, the way they look, the way everything mm-hmm. works in them without asking. Well, how about they fix the brakes on your car
1: they didn't tell you they were broken?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And for it's a, if it, that happened, it, you know, lack of lack of transparency, that's where I think car companies should be different from software companies. And I think that's probably my biggest hang up on Tesla is they Tesla is a software company that has a hardware arm
0: that happens to build cars that, ha- that builds cars.
2: Yeah. I don't want that, I
1: don't want any part of that. No, no, and um, I also don't want any part of the direct sales thing. But that's that's yeah, I mean, a whole that's, different that's, thing. It's whole thing, yeah. If yeah.
2: someone can write or comes, someone can discover the fact that there's a bit of Unicode that crashes iMessage, think about when they figure out that by you know flashing your turn indicators in front of a Tesla in a certain manner, it decides to just crash the entire center console. Right. I don't want anything to do with that.
1: That's a really good point. That Teslas are not cheap enough or popular enough to be exposed to the same type of shit that regular cars are. And, what, you know, yes, once in a while, on the 5 o'clock news, you'll see uh, <laughs> a one of those i-team reports on yeah. some crazy, stupid version of... <laughs> of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even going to describe what just happened. I don't know. If, I don't know if you could hear that on the cast. Hopefully not. Anyways, um, um, but yeah, uh, that you know, those IT reports, like teen hackers using cell phones to hack whatever it is in your car. Are you safe? Those are alarmist reports, but they are grounded in fact. Yes, right. I've seen. Uh, my, once my boss's Ford got broken into, because I had the keypad. A guy just came up and pushed the dealer access and unlocked the car and yep. took all his crap out. You could do stuff like that with a Tesla.
2: <laughs> FCA, think about in comparison. FCA rolls out an update to UConnect that causes it to reboot continually. Yeah, annoying. I can still drive my car to work. Mm-hmm. Tesla rolls out an update that bricks my center stack. I can't drive my Tesla anywhere. Right,
1: or maybe they do it intentionally for some reason. Yeah, that's the kind of power they have. I don't want that
0: at yeah. all. So, so. We, we don't want any part of Tesla and we don't want we're any part made of made that Musk. abundantly
1: clear. This actually made it worse. I actually, yeah, do I, w- I This I, made it worse.
0: Yeah. This was a, was it a bad idea? It made yeah. it worse. Anyway, um, with that, we're probably going to call it a night before we get really, really, really angry and do something or say something we don't want to. So let's just thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Do we have any thank yous before we take off?
1: Um, I want to thank my car because it's not a Tesla.
2: There you go. I would like to thank um, the technology company I work for because it's not Tesla. (laughs) I would like to thank my Chevy
0: Trailblazer for not being a Tesla. All right. There it is. Not Teslas all around. (laughs) And thank you to the listener for tuning in. Even if we suck, you guys are awesome. Please be sure... To follow us on social, we're on Facebook at Check Engine Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at CheckEnginePod. Please comment. Please discuss with us. We want to hear from you. Um, thanks again for tuning in. You guys all have a great night. Bye now. Bye.